0: Hello, and welcome back to the Reversing Diabetes with Delane MD podcast. This is episode number 177. Many of you may remember from last week that my voice is shot. Um, That was hoping it was getting better, but this morning, maybe not so much. So bear with me. I hope that um, it doesn't, I don't know, sometimes my voice gets weak and people can't hear what I'm saying. So don't hesitate always to reach out to me if you have any questions. So this again is episode number 177, and we're going to be talking about goals for 2023. But in case you're new to the podcast, I'm your host, Dr. Delane Vaughn. If you are looking for strategies to live a naturally healthy life, that is what this podcast is dedicated to. If you are unaware, you can watch these podcasts streamed live each week. I don't know. I don't know that I want to commit to every Wednesday morning, but It's been Wednesday mornings, 8 a.m. Central Time on YouTube. So go to YouTube, find Delaine MD, find the Delaine MD channel, subscribe to it, and you'll get notified whenever these broadcasts go live. And you can get this podcast information earlier than when that drops in the podcasting app. On that note, follow me on Instagram, Delaine MD on Instagram, Delaine MD on Facebook. That's where I make announcements about when I'm doing the podcast other things that are going on that week. So if that's something, um, you want to be up to date on, follow me on those social media platforms. In addition on Facebook, there is a reversing diabetes group that it's titled reversing diabetes with Lane MD, find it, ask for membership, whatever you have to ask to get admitted. I'll get you admitted. We have a pretty, um, know a frequent conversation. If you need help, if you have simple questions, that is one way to get to that information. You can ask me directly. I answer those questions. If you ever have a question listening to this email or to this podcast, if you ever have a question, send me an email, delane at delanemd.com. I will answer them. I always answer my emails. If you want to use Facebook Messenger, you can. That's fine. If you sent me a message on either of those platforms and you haven't gotten a reply, send it again. I'm a human. I'm one little girl trying to get through this world. Sometimes there's a lot of messages coming at me and one falls through the cracks. I am not ignoring you. I want to answer your question. Also, like a lot of times I'll bring up the questions that I get asked in the podcast because you're not the only one with the question. Send it to me so that I can answer it, not just for you, but for everybody else who's struggling with this. If you um, are listening to this podcast, you're getting benefit from it, please, please, please go to your podcast app and rate it. If you can leave a comment, that's even better. The more people that rate this podcast, the more people will see this podcast and have it offered to them, the more help they will get. So if you found this helpful and you think everybody needs to hear about this because the doctors aren't telling you not to be diabetic or how to not be diabetic, If that message was new to you, rate the podcast so others can hear that message, because that is truly my mission in life. You do not have to be diabetic. You do not have to be sick. You do not have to be on meds. You do not have to prick your finger all the time. You do not have to have multiple doctor's appointments every year to manage this disease. I want people to know that you can fix this. So if that's a message that one, you're seeing lived out in your life, and two, was news to you, please go and write the podcast so others can hear about it. Before we get started, I always make one recommendation and one, um, I don't know, warning. If you are medicated for your type 2 diabetes... Please, please, please be very careful if you are making the dietary changes, the lifestyle modifications that I recommend in this podcast, you have been medicated because the way you used to eat, if you change the way you eat, your medications will also need to change. So be aware of that. It can be very dangerous if you are medicated and you start making these dietary changes you really have to have a pretty close conversation or relationship with your doctor or your medical provider so that you can call them and give them your blood sugar readings. And they can say, oh, you need to come down off this med. We need to decrease the dose of that med. We need to do these things differently to keep you safe. Okay. So if you are medicated, please make sure you're calling your doctor. You're letting them know that you're going to be making changes And as you start to make these changes and see your blood sugars, which you're monitoring very closely, as you're starting to see those come down, you can call them and say, listen, my blood sugars are starting to drop into this range. What do you need me to do with my meds? If your doctor gives you the answer that they want you to increase your carbohydrate intake, they are probably not the doctor for you. They don't have the same goals you have going into this. If they tell you, you need to increase your carbohydrate intake so that you can stay on the meds that you are on, they are not your guy. Don't, don't fall into that trap. They're not bad. They're not malicious. They just know how to treat diabetes with one skill set, and that's medications. And if that's not how you're wanting to fix this in your life, you need to find a doctor who is going to be your partner in this, not who's going to dictate that you just have to do these things and don't ask any questions, do what I say and move on. Okay. So um, that's my one caveat to before we getting started, or bef- my one warning really before we're getting started, that if you are medicated, you need to be very careful and you need to have a very close conversation and relationship with your doctor so that you can do this safely. If not, if you don't have that, you can get yourself into trouble. You can get yourself very sick. The things that look like ER visits and at worst case scenario, death. So recognize the risk there and please have that conversation with your doctor. Okay, coming up, the end of December, the last week in December, I think it's the 26th through the 30th. Yeah, 26th through the 30th. There is going to be a free five-day session. I do this periodically throughout the year. I think it's a great time and this kind of coincides with what we're talking about today in the podcast It is a great time of year to really set yourself up for success in 2023, okay? So it is a free five-day session. It's a training session. It teaches the foundational strategies that I help women use to reverse their type 2 diabetes. So... If you're interested in that, send me a message, Delane at DelaneMD. MD. I'm happy to get you signed up that way. Usually I have a page on my website that you can go and fill out a form. I haven't done that yet. So you're really going to have to probably just send me an email, Delane at DelaneMD.com. You can also send me a message on Facebook. You can also send me a message on Instagram, a, a direct message on Instagram. So if you are interested in that, please let me know. This year, this this session, which I've usually always had the sessions just for women and women with somewhere on the pre-diabetes, diabetes spectrum, I am going to have a separate session for men. So if, I'm, if you're out there, gentlemen, and you're interested in this, send me a message. There is help for you. We will work through this to set everybody up. So 2023 can be a year where you create that diabetes-free living. All right, so let's dig in. Let's talk about goal setting. This is something I've done every year, and I feel like each year I hone the message a little bit. So if you've heard this in previous years, um, this may be a little bit different than what I how I've taught this in the past. So a lot of what I'm going to talk about today really goes back, or I don't know, some of what I'm going to talk about today goes back to this Idea of the desire of being a badass. So, if you're not sure what I'm talking about, check out last week's episode of the podcast where I talked about the desire to have the badass result. A lot of times we become enchanted with what the end result is. And we don't really look at what it's going to take to get to the result. So a great example that I've used is if you are looking to, you know, I go and I've done this with people. I've had people go and climb mountains with me and they want the picture at the top of the mountain where you're at the fourteen thousand whatever feet summit, and you've got the picture, you've got the Mount, you know, Mount whatever, and you've got the elevation listed on the card and you get that picture at the top of the world, seemingly at the top of the world. They get enchanted with that picture and they don't understand what it takes. They don't understand the seven miles that came before that picture was taken. They don't understand each step that was taken before that picture was taken before you got to that summit. And they commit to that picture without committing to each step that was taken. And that's what I want to talk about today, because that's really what you have to consider prior to making the commitment. So if you want to be diabetes free in 2023, that is a grand, and we get very enchanted with that goal. We get mesmerized. We get like drunk on the idea of what life will be when we're not having, when we're not plagued with diabetes anymore. And today, before you make that commitment, I really want you to consider what each step along the path is. So As people look at their New Year's resolutions, and I don't have anything, some people get all into the wording, the words that we use to describe this phenomenon or this thing, right? The New Year's resolution. Some people don't like resolution. They don't like that name. Some people don't like the name goal. Some people don't like the name intention. I call it New Year's resolution because that's essentially what we all understand, even if you don't like the word. If you don't like the word, use something else. That's fine. But Many times we have not committed to these goals. Like if I talked to you about this in October or November, you'd be like, oh, no, I don't do that because I'm a carb addict. I can't imagine living my life without those carbs. I can't imagine living my life without the bread for me. And I said this and people who know me knew me 10 years ago will say, oh, yeah, she used to say this all the time. I can't imagine my life without Diet Coke. I can't imagine my life without m okay? And for me, those were probably the two big things. I won't say they were the only things, but they were the two big things that really created insulin resistance in my body that created my prediabetes that got me on this path. So if you're telling yourself that, those are things that block you. If you're telling yourself things like the other ones that I hear, nothing has worked in the past, I've tried everything. Or the other thoughts that I hear are things like, no matter what I eat, my sugars don't change. They stay the same. They stay high. Or the last one that's probably more insidious is I just don't know. I don't know how to fix it. I don't know why I do this. I don't know what to do to change it. So I don't know. I mean, I think most people can easily, I can remember saying, I was a carb addict, or I was an M and M, or I was a Diet Coke head. That was my thing. I was a Diet Coke head. I was addicted to Diet Coke, and I would literally giggle after saying it because I knew how ridiculous it was. This is really what it came down to, right? Nothing has worked is another thing that we feel this like frustration with, and we're like just exacerbated with, and we know on some level there's an element of helplessness and an element of I'm just choosing. I know something will work, but I'm just choosing not to figure it out right now. Right. I knew I wasn't a carb addict. I knew I wasn't like making questionable choices and stealing from grandma for my diet Cokes and my M&Ms. Right. Like, but I knew that I was using that term in a way that just relieved me from the responsibility of managing it. The same thing with nothing has worked the same thing with no matter what I eat, my sugars stay the same. We say this knowing that we got frustrated and ate a pizza, and now our sugars don't change. I ate a salad all day yesterday. I ate salads for the last week, and this morning I woke up and my fasting sugar was still 220. No matter what I eat, my sugars stay the same. Screw it, I'm eating French toast for breakfast this morning, okay? We understand the the glitch in the intellectualization of that's probably not true. I don't know is something that's far more insidious. I don't know comes out of my brightest of bright clients. I don't know comes from people who have done a lot of different things, looked up a lot of different information. They have tried things. They are typically very bright and driven people. And they truly believe that they don't know. And again, I don't know relieves us from having to take action because I just don't know. So if these are the things that you find floating through your brain, recognize that these are the things that are blocking you from taking the steps forward. And they will show up if this is what you practiced thinking in October And in September and August, if these are the things you have been practicing thinking for months, they will show up January 10th. They will show up January 5th. They will be there after you set and commit to a New Year's resolution. So you need to figure out, you need to understand that they are keeping you blocked, that they are the little sneaky bastard thoughts that are keeping you blocked. Okay. So, recognize how it works. If you were thinking this in July and September and November and October, whatever it was, if you've been thinking this for months and feeling the feelings going with this, right? Like you're feeling, you know, if you're like, I'm a carb addict, a lot of times the feelings that these come up with that these drive in our body are things like out of control. If you think nothing has worked, you feel out of control or you feel helpless, like you feel frustrated, like you feel like there's no like futility is the feeling, right? No matter what I eat, my sugars stay the same. Again, that's frustrated. Also a little bit of entitlement, like it doesn't matter what I do, so I might as well be able to eat the things, right? And the infamous, I don't know, really makes you feel just confused and spiraling in the not doing of anything, Okay. When you practice thinking and feeling these things, you should expect that they are going to come up again in January. If you have ever committed in the past to making these changes and didn't create the result that you committed to, you also use that as evidence for why I'm a carb addict and I just can't overcome that. Nothing has worked before. I've tried before and I can't create the change that I want. No matter what I eat, it doesn't matter. My sugars stay the same. I really don't know. I've tried before, right? Like that history then becomes a piece of evidence for why it's not going to work in the future. So when you're practicing that, and then you look to these previous commitments and realize that it didn't work and you have evidence of that, you actually come into the new year And the opportunity to fix it in 2023 already half defeated. So see how these beliefs are really what frequently create our inability to make a change. Okay. So I want you to understand these beliefs, these thoughts that we have are optional and it's critical to see that. It is imperative to see that. If you think of anything, any big change in the world, like think of the iPhone and the iPhone's creation and whatever, I think it was, I don't know, early 2000s, right? Up to that point, people had tried to create these amazing life-changing devices and not done it. The iPhone had never been created before that. So if we look to the past to create our future, like if we only look at that as what is evidence of what is possible, you're never going to do anything other than what has been done. You have to have a vision of something that's never been done. Same thing with airplanes and automobiles, right? Like the first flying devices, if people only looked at what had failed in the past as what is possible, only what has failed in the past is possible. So please see that, the thought that I'm a carb addict needs to really be adjusted. I used to think I was carb addict. That's mine now, right? And it's because I've created that, but I had to give myself the wiggle room from, I am a carb addict to, I could be something different. Okay. So I, I used to be a carb addict might be a thought that you can use as a bridging to creating something new. I liked the thought, lots of people overcome addictions every single day. Why am I any different? I can overcome this. This is possible to overcome. Nothing has worked, can become I'm working on finding something that will work. No matter what I eat, my sugars stay the same. I feel very strongly that everything I eat matters. No matter, nothing that I eat changes it or no matter what I eat. For me, like no, everything I put in my mouth matters, every single thing, because it fuels every cell of my body. But figuring out what is that stepping stone for you? No matter what I eat, my sugars stay the same. Maybe no matter what I eat, it seems nothing changes, but I'm gonna figure it out. That may be the stepping stone thought for you. When you get the I don't knows floating into your brain, The thought I'm learning how to fix this, I don't know right now, but I'm figuring it out, might be what you need to get that shift, okay? But you're going to need to find wiggle room and understanding that you have practiced these thoughts so frequently that your brain actually has grown neurons together very tightly that make you default to these beliefs easily, okay? So find where else this is coming up, right? Like, where else are you seeing these? I don't, this is who I am. I'm a carb addict. This is just how I handle it, right? For me, things like I just have road rage, right? Like, that's just who I am. And I'm not wrong. Like, that is how I have behaved in the past. But if I want to change that behavior, I have to change that thought. And in the moment in the car, for me, Trying to not be so rageful, quote unquote, on the road, which I know is utterly ridiculous. And for those of you out there who are like, seriously, grow up, yeah, I get it. I've had all those thoughts. They're not very helpful for me to change the way I do it. In the moment, for me, the thought is, man, I bet there's a lot of benefit to me not flying off the handle, not having this rageful response whenever I'm on the road. I bet there's a lot of benefit to doing that differently. From that space, I get some wiggle room and some softening of this is just how I respond to, road, you know, to frustrations on the road. Instead, it's like, oh, I bet there's a lot of benefits that there's a calming effect and an opportunity now in my brain to look for what is the benefit to doing it differently. Okay, so you have to figure out, you have to one, see that the thought is optional and changing it is critical. It is crucial to changing your outcome, learning to change those thoughts, okay? So it's easy, again, to become mesmerized or enchanted by the outcome, by the badass outcome that you want. I I liken it to getting a new car or getting a new puppy. Sometimes we're like, we're so enchanted by the outcome, by the thing that we don't actually consider what it is that it takes to create that. And we let that momentum leap us, like make the leap for us before we've fully evaluated the commitment and what it actually entails. So allow the excitement. I'm not saying wallow around in the I can'ts and the I don't knows and the helpless feelings and the confusion. I'm not saying wallow in it. I am saying recognize it's gonna be there allow the excitement to be there but understand the commitment before you make it understand the challenges that are going to go ahead, along with that mesmerizing enchanting outcome okay spend some time looking at what your life is going to be like at that end point when you have reversed your diabetes what is going to be different in your life how is it going to be What what are the things you're going to be doing differently? Understand that this is the 50-50 of the human experience. I talk about this in the group all the time. 50% of your life is going to be amazing and good and fall on the good side. And 50% of your life is going to fall on the bad side. It just is the element of the dichotomy, like having good or bad, right? Like everything can be good or bad. Some things are neutral but they're very, very few and far between. Most things fall in the good or the bad side. We frequently are so averse to experiencing what's on the quote unquote bad side of that, that we are constantly selling our souls, right? We're sacrificing something bigger to try to stay on the good side. We do this with food all the time, right? I don't want to feel sad about whatever it is in life that I'm feeling sad about. So I'm gonna eat ice cream Because I get a dopamine hit and I feel good in the moment, I'm going to feel better by eating the ice cream and avoid the bad. Then, of course, what happens is we create extra pounds on our body or we create type two diabetes or non-alcoholic fatty liver disease or polycystic ovarian syndrome. We create something else by avoiding the negative feelings we didn't want to feel with things like ice cream or we Don't follow our budget because we're shopping instead of feeling bad. Or we end up with a headache in the morning because we had two glasses of wine or three glasses of wine instead of feeling bad. This is the dichotomy of our existence. When we put things into good or bad feelings, you have to expect that you're going to experience both, okay? When we make a big, you know big goal in life, right? When we make ourselves a goal that we really want to do and it's big, like we want to climb a 14 or we want to have that result. We want to run a marathon. We want to say, yeah, I did that. We want to fix our diabetes. We want to be like, yeah, I want to live diabetes free. All of that's awesome, but understand it's going to be good and it's going to be bad. When you only focus on looking at the 50% good, you're very disappointed to understand that 50% of it is also going to suck. And that's what keeps you from following through with the result, okay? Because you didn't give yourself the full story. So this is what we talk about in the group. I call this giving yourself, and there's actually a podcast, giving giving yourself equal airplay of everything that's going to happen, not just focusing on the things that are going to be amazing about it. We do this with food all the time, right? Like, oh my God, somebody just gave me this bag oh, guys, I'm so excited. My birthday is this week. So I'm pretty excited about I'm going to enjoy some of these goodies, right? Remember, guys, it's not never ever. It is very infrequently. I do this very infrequently, but my birthday is coming up. There is a creme brulee that I want to go and have, but I don't know that I'm going to get to it. But somebody yesterday gave me this bag full of goodies and he makes it at home by hand. And I know that I'm not I don't know what quality of Ingredients he's using, and honestly, I don't care because it's going to be a delicious little treat. But there is peanuts, and there's peanut clusters, and apparently he's done some with caramel and chocolate peanut clusters, and there's something else that feels cakeish in there, and it is going to be so good. So my brain used to only look at how good it's going to be. It's going to be the most tasty, amazing thing. And from that mesmerizing, that enchanted feeling of doing the, oh my God, it's going to be so good, of the story about how amazing it's going to be, I would eat it and I would eat it to a point that I would get physically ill, one, two, for me, knowing that there's gluten in many of the goodies in that bag, I will also get a rash because I have a gluten sensitivity. I will also get stomach upset because of some of the things that they put into chocolate. All of these things, I'll get a headache. I will feel foggy. Both sides equal airplay, the good and the bad. I know both are going to happen. Because I know both are going to happen, I no longer gorge myself on it. I don't just sit there and eat it and eat it and eat it until I finally get satisfied And I'll talk briefly before we move on about what happens there in your brain with dopamine, why you eat it and eat it and eat it. But I don't do that anymore because I tell myself the full story. I give equal airplay to both sides. Not only will it be amazing, and it will be, I will have all of these other things happen. I will have a rash for probably three weeks. I will feel sick. My stomach will cramp up and it will be painful for probably days afterwards. My gut won't be right. I will be foggy. I will have a headache. I will have cravings and desires for all of those good things for three or four days after. Because I know both of those things exist in the same experience. I no longer lie to myself and tell myself it's only going to be the good thing. Don't lie to yourself and tell yourself it's only going to be the amazingness of living diabetes-free because it's not going to only be that. It's going to be both because that is part of the experience, okay? So remember just to hit on this dopamine effect with these goodies because I think it's really important, especially in the holiday season. When you eat a goodie, I always use a donut as the example But a donut can be a candy bar, can be a bag of goodies given to you by somebody, can be a crème brûlée on your birthday, can be your birthday cake, can be wedding cake at a wedding, can be, I mean, like it can be chips, it can be bread, it can be pasta, it can be anything, anything that has a highly processed carbohydrate content will cause your brain to have a dopamine release that dopamine release, the higher the carbohydrate, the higher the processed carbohydrate component, the more intense, the more concentrated the dopamine releases. The more intense and more concentrated the dopamine releases, the more motivated you are to repeat that behavior in the future. Okay. That's where the cravings and the urges come out. Also recognize that the more intense that release is, means that the cells, the neurons that are releasing dopamine into your brain, they're emptying out more of the dopamine, right? There's only so much dopamine available in those cells. And when you get an intense stimulus, i.e. high carbohydrate, highly processed food, is the stimulus. Get an intense stimulus on those neurons to empty that dopamine. You get all of the dopamine released and it is very, very heady. You will feel intoxicated almost with this. Once you get your your brain and your body off of those carbohydrates and you try these things again on special occasions, you will feel a heady intoxicating feeling. And it is that dopamine release. So here's the deal. Once those cells release all of that dopamine, there is no more dopamine in there to release. But you have this heavy motivation to repeat the behavior. So I always say, you're going to have the first two or three bites of a donut, and you are going to eat the entire box chasing the feeling that you got in those first two or three bites, okay? So understand that. So for me, again, giving both sides of the story, one I know there is going to be this urge to repeat it. And biochemically, neurochemically, I'm never going to be able to repeat that initial two to three bites. So I might as well just stop there. Okay. So that is equal airplay for the entire story, guys. Okay. And we have to do that equal airplay when we are making these goals. If not, you are going to be pissed when you understand that I've committed to not being diabetic anymore. And that means that I have to sit with the desire to have foods that are making me sick with diabetes and not comply with that desire. That is the 50% of the bad, right? The the 50%, as I like to call it, that's the shit sandwich you're going to choke down. That's the unpleasant part. We are all choking down a shit sandwich. We just don't tell ourselves that we are. If you're eating the food and you're only telling yourself the story about how good the food is, you are not telling yourself the entire rest of the story is that it's gonna kill me. It is cutting years off my life. It is making me sick. That food is the reason I have to prick my finger. That food is the reason I have to take my meds. That food is the reason I have to go to the doctor's office. You're not telling yourself any of that story. And that's the shit sandwich you're choking down when you choose to eat the foods that are making you sick. The shit sandwich you're choking down when you choose not to eat the food looks like I'm sitting with an intense urge to eat food that makes me sick and I'm not doing it and it's uncomfortable. Those are the sides. That is the reality of it. So giving yourself, understanding the 50-50 and giving yourself, practicing the art, the skill of listening to both sides, of equal airplay. You have to do that in order to create this diabetes-free living that you're looking for. And it is the skill you need to practice in doing it every day. Every day, my brain offers me to eat something that is not in alignment with my biology is really what it comes down to. And I like the way I feel when I eat in alignment with my biology. My brain still offers me every day. And I have been doing this for four years, 2017, five years, five years now. And my brain still offers me that. That is just the way the brain is. So the reason I think the more you practice the skill of not doing it, the easier it does get to not eat the thing, but don't believe that your brain is ever going to stop offering you those foods. That's not the reality of it. If you go into this thinking, I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to suffer and I'm going to fix my diabetes and come out at the other end and I'm not going to have any of these desires, you are going to be disappointed. That's not the reality of it. Okay. So that is the first step that I want you to consider as you make your goals for 2023. There is the beautiful, mesmerizing, enchanting end picture that you're envisioning, that you're envisioning. That's fine. It's very exciting to think about. And don't not spend time with that. Don't only spend time with it though, okay? Spend time with the other side. If it were all easy and feel good, it wouldn't be a hard thing to create, okay? So the process that I've always taught for making goals and achieving them involves one penciling it in first. I want you to go through this process of writing it all down in pencil before you commit to it. Don't write it in pen, don't write it in Sharpie, write it in pencil, and then you're going to sleep on it. Okay. So what is the goal that you want to achieve in 2023? Consider it. Think about what life is going to be like having done that define it, do all the smart goal things. If you're not sure what I mean by smart goal, Google smart goal, it's an acronym. I don't use it per se, but it's not wrong or bad. It just means that you need to have specific measurable things. That's the first two parts of it, right? Like specific and measurable. I think that a is achievable, which is why I don't use it because I don't think that that's, achievable is always available to you but specify what your goal is specify the time frame you want to see those results in specify how you're going to measure it do those things consider what life is going to be like as you're doing that i want to see my fasting blood sugar at 90 consistently by march 1st of 2023 that's a great goal i want you to consider what January and February are going to be like for you to get there. That's the part you have to do. That's step two of this. You really have to imagine what your life is having accomplished that goal. I want you to write it down. What things in your life will be different? Challenge your mind to look for as many things as you can. I always say to list like five or six things. And the reason I say to list five or six things is because your brain's going to come up with two or three easily. But I want you to really dig and stretch your brain. Be outside of the box. Think of all of the things, as many as possible, that is going to be different in your life in January and February as you get to that March 1st goal. What's going to be different? And then write it down. Doing this exercise on paper is incredibly helpful. Once you have done those steps in pencil, I want you to sleep on it at least one night. And then in the morning, you get up and you look at what you wrote down and you decide, is that something I want to do or not? If the answer is no, you adjust it. If the answer is no, don't commit to it. Because all that you're doing at that point is going to create evidence for why you can't get it done later on this year. If the answer is no, don't commit to it. That's probably where you need coaching. That's what I help people within my group. I'm going to come to that in a minute. But if the answer is yes, this is truly what I want. I am willing to do the things. I understand that I need to break up with MMs and Diet Coke. That was my relationship, right? Like I had to break up with MMs and Diet Coke and feeling stuffed. I had to break up with those three things. That was no longer going to be a regular part of my life. And I needed to come to grips with that. Once you've done that part and you're like, yep, I'm willing to do this, then commit to it. That's when you write it in pen, write it in pen. That's when you write it in Sharpie. Okay. That's when you can commit to it. And that's when, when you can execute on it. Okay. Executing on it looks like that's step five. You execute. That looks like each day and each week and each month you write down what six things you are going to do. To accomplish it. I like six things. I like, I don't know. I like the number. I don't know why I like the number six for this, but write down today. What are six things that you can do today and you can accomplish today to achieve what it is you're wanting to achieve for this week? What are six things that are going to take this week for me to accomplish so that I can achieve this goal for this month? what are six things that I can accomplish in this 30-day period that will move me closer to this goal? Recognize all of those other stories. I'm an addict. Nothing matters. I don't know how to do this. You have created neural pathways, the connection of neurons in your brain, From thinking those things over years, the more you have thought those beliefs, the tighter and stronger those neural grooves, those neural connections are, and the more frequently you will default to thinking those. Nothing's gone wrong. This is exactly how the brain works. You are not broken. This is just the what what you have practiced. It's the thought, feeling, action you have practiced over time, and you're very good at it. You're needing to do it differently. So, that is where coaching is helpful. Okay. Understand there is help for this. I encourage folks to commit to this in the like before the new year so that you can see, like, when I commit to this, what are the obstacles that come up? What happens? And where do I need to find help to navigate those obstacles? Because I really want this thing and I'm willing to do whatever it takes to keep trying, to keep coming at it until I achieve this goal, okay? That's where coaching is helpful. Also, if you wake up on day two and you're like, oh, I really want that result, but I'm not down with what it's going to cost me to do it. That is also where coaching is helpful, okay? So recognize there is help for this. If that's something you're interested in, reach out to me, Delane at DelaneMD.com. We'll set up a consult, we'll meet, we'll chat, we'll see what you, how my program can help you in this. You'll realize the different strategies that we use and how there is so much help for you to create this end result that you're really wanting. If that's something you're interested in, send me that email. All right, I am going to check real quick on YouTube and make sure that there aren't any questions in the comments. Recognize if you're ever watching this um, live on the broadcast and you do have questions, don't hesitate to put it in the comment section. If you're watching this on replay in the, um, in YouTube, put it in the comments section and I will get notified and I will come through and answer those. So, okay. I hope this has been helpful. I will be back next week. If you have any questions and you want to email them to me, Delane at DelaneMD.com. I'm happy to answer anything. I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye.